Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. It's the morning after the night before. We've just beat Leicester 2-1 at Anfield. Points are most welcome. The performance, <laughs> yeah, um, the less said the better. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and I'm joined for this one by Ian Brown and Stu Montague. Okay, boys, I uh, think best way to describe that, unconvincing, would you say, Stu? Yeah, I think unconvincing is probably a bit generous for the, the first half. I think probably for the second half it got a bit better, but for the first half I think unconvincing is is very generous. It was a, mm. it was a mess, wasn't it? There was a couple of players in particular that were just, just miles off it that you're not expecting. I know we all pointed out Henderson was miles away from where he needed to be. Robbo. Robbo, Robbo mm. looked like he was drunk, just kept <laughs> giving the ball away. It was just... Celebrating the NBA. Uh, it was just... <laughs> Yeah, it was. There's just a lot of insanity. I just think like you look at, say, I know we'll go through the goals, but even the first goal sort of typifies that a little bit where we play this risky football, so we're 3v3, and then Joel's, Joel's slow to it, and then Henderson doesn't make the challenge, doesn't make the foul. And I've got a little bit of sympathy for Robbo because he's like, oh, I'll, tr- I'll try yeah. and play offside. And then to be fair to the lad, like he's got no right to score from there. He, he does well. He drives three finishes, but yeah, the, the just the use of the ball was was poor. We were giving it away in bad areas. We were trying to we were going forward and forcing it at the wrong time. And then when there was chances to go forward and be aggressive, we were being passive with it. It was yeah. It's it's hard really because you can't. I feel like I'm watching us now, and I I can usually I used to be able to put my finger on when things were going wrong and why they were going wrong, but I don't really even know what it's meant to look like when we're playing well at the moment. I was looking, because I was looking at the passing networks for, for what we're doing, and like the full-backs connecting with the wingers, there's none of that anymore. They're not past that. I'm thinking back to the times when Sadio used to give it to Robbo and get round him, or Trent would get round, uh, would get round Mo. That isn't happening. Because I thought there was loads of space yesterday to drive down, uh, to drive down the line. Once we once we switched it, they were playing a really like solid block in the middle. Loads of chance to sort of drive 30, 40 yards up the pitch and, and drive them into their own half a bit. And we just weren't doing it because it, it just felt passive and and it went backwards and then we'd just give it away in a bad area. It was yeah. yeah. I mean the thing I've said it before. I think we do have to be careful where we, we think. Just because we're not absolutely monstering teams every week again, that we don't deserve to win. We did deserve to win that football match. Leicester weren't good. I'm not having it that Leicester were great. They weren't. They barely created a chance for themselves. So there's two things can be true. We can be really crap compared to what we want, and we can still be better than the other team that weren't that great. I know a lot of people probably don't agree with that, but Leicester weren't great. They didn't create much, and they didn't deserve to win that football match. Now, by the end, I agree with that, but I thought for like the first maybe half an hour, I thought Leicester were really good. I thought they were like composed, organised, knew what they were doing, they were causing us problems, and then I think we figured it out. And although we weren't great, I think we, we definitely figured out the, the main problems that were going wrong defensively, and I thought we defended well second half, but um, Leicester were better than I thought they'd be, you know, coming off a, a 3 0 home loss. They didn't look like a team that had just lost 3-0 at home. They, they seemed quite confident and, and slick with the counter-attacks and that, but 
Um, losing Dakar early on probably didn't help them. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Jamie Vardy fan, but he's getting on a bit now, like, isn't he? Doesn't play as much these days. Um, but now I think like we figured it out, but there was so many problems to start with, wasn't there? We were all over the place. I mean, I, I agree with you on the goal. I mean, I don't know what Robbo can really do there because if he goes, if he goes to to cut out the run, then he's playing the other lad on side, and they just play a pass through and, and like because I think they had two players offside, and I think it was that, that fucking Perez, wasn't it? He just stayed offside, so Robbo's like, well, I've got to play him off. In case he plays the pass, and then he doesn't play the pass, he just runs through, and I think he, he's taking that really well. But you don't see goals like that, do you? Where someone just runs right through the middle of the pitch, it never happens. It was just weird, and seeing that, and I'm like, I need to see that again because what's going on? It's just so unusual to see a goal like that, and um, it's the the centre backs. I mean, where where were these? Like Joel's basically on the right touch line dealing with the goal kick. They're just pushed right over, and then there's just a, a massive gap through the middle. So yeah, they they were all there was like a bit of an inquest after that as well, and it looked like a few of them were having a go at Robbo. And just looking at that back, I'm like, that's, that's that goal's come right through the centre. What's it's not it's not the fault of the left back, you know. It's others are more culpable for that, but yeah, it just it was symptomatic of of the way we started the game. I mean, see Brownie, we've <laughs> conceded first again, so we didn't concede Ridiculous. that Villa, and it's it's like oh well, yeah, we we've done all right there. But as I said in the Villa pod, the um like Watkins had a shot inside the first minute, so we could have conceded in that one as well. Just these bad starts. Just ridiculous. There was some stat before which said that we've conceded, I think it's um, seven goals in the first five minutes or something like that in the league this year, which is three or four more than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It goes back to what you said the other week about we're starting these games as if we, we're still at our best, swinging yeah. our dicks about and how yeah. we're going to do this to you, we're going to do that. That's just not who we are. And I need to like make a point now, don't I, after that City game I was saying... I saw things, that, you know, encouraging signs. Um, the way we started the Villa game, I thought, yes, here we go, we're back, this is good, this is great. But the more that Villa game went on, the more um, problems they caused us. It was worrying. So I went in there last night thinking, come on, don't be giving away daft chances. And honestly, I was in a daze at half-time. I was like, nah, this is not fixed. It, whatever the problems are, they are not fixed because mm-hmm. it was a complete mess. And the point Stu made before was a good one. I was thinking about it driving home last night. It's like we've got a bit of an identity crisis going on, I think, because we used to be a team who were just like pressing all over the pitch, hunting impacts, winning the ball back. But we try to do that, and then teams just pass around us for whatever reason. Now we can go into that. There'll be loads of different factors. But they just pass around us, and that's what Leicester did last night. They were just going one, two, three, four, beat the press, and then suddenly you're fucked because your midfield's out the game. And your backline's just scrambling like mad to try and defend. So then what happens? Because you've been punched in the face a few times, you think, right, we're going to sit a little bit. But of course, that's not how we play. And we, have, we don't train like that. We don't practice to play that way. And then suddenly, you've got no pressure on the ball and loads of runners in behind. And they're just picking out the runners. It's like, whatever you do, you, you're getting caught out. So I, I don't even... I, I'm lost for words as to what I saw last night. And yet it improved, but nah, it was shit. Didn't enjoy it whatsoever. I think as well, you know, um, watched a couple of interviews. Uh, I've seen Hendo. Uh, I read some quotes from Virgil and Alison as well. And like, they all seemed like re- really down, you know, considering we'd won. I mean, Hendo looked miserable as fuck in the interview he did. Um, I think that like he's not being well, has he? And 
I think he got a knock in the eye, and I think that's bothering him as well. But he was just proper miserable in the interview. So I do feel like you know the. They're not. It's a good thing because they're, they're not looking at it going. Oh, we won. It's fine. Like on to the next game. That they all know that wasn't good. You know, there's so much that we've got to work on. So I suppose that's a good thing. But um, yeah, I, I just I wanted to see signs that like we fix things over the break. And I said the Man City game. Mm, not not really convinced about that. But it's Man City, so let let's have a look at the next three. I thought Villa was probably. 70%, maybe 75%, like, encouraging, good, impressive. But there were still signs that make you think, uh, that's maybe not right. And then last night, it was like, um, yeah, I mean, we've we've stolen three points in a way because <laughs> we couldn't score ourselves, you know, for one thing. We had plenty of chances. <clears throat> I think we played some decent stuff at times. We've created chances, but we've not taken any of our chances. We've got three points because one of their lads has scored two own goals. So that's that's not good, and and then we're going to Brentford, which is like the third game of the three, which you know we're wanting to see progress, and I'm worried about Brentford to be honest. I am big time. I mean, it'll be a different game. That's one thing. It'll be a totally different game. Different things expected of us. Where you know, I think to there. Last night we're expected to dominate in a certain way with the ball. I, I don't think that's like. It's just not a realistic way to go into a Brentford game, is it? I don't think you. It's one of those games that you have to accept that there's not going to be that much control in it because you can't really control them that well. I think he, Tony's been injured, isn't he? Last night, I think that he yeah. came off on a stretcher, so that's you know it's unfortunate for him, but that's that's fortunate for us because I think that the issues that we've got in midfield there, I don't think they'll be as important obviously there's loads of second balls you've got to win and stuff like that but I think they'll probably try and bypass the midfield go over the top of it so it wouldn't it, it'll be a totally different set of problems can they do that now thing, though if Tony doesn't yeah, play I think so I think they'll still um, even for the lads they've got they'll still go even if they're not going as much in sort of aiming it to Tony's head they can still go channels can't yeah, they they'll have to. probably try probably try and run down the side of, of whoever's centre half and stuff like that um, but yeah talking about the midfield that that for me it was the major issue in the first 30 minutes was the midfield just it was it was Thiago I thought was ex- excellent and the other two were just getting carried all, yeah. pretty much all game Yeah. yesterday was the first time I think I've looked at I've looked at Harvey and, and not thought Oh, it'll be interesting to see how Klopp makes this work. I started looking last night and just went, no, I just don't see. I just don't see how that works there with him in centre mid. I just thought without the ball he was a passenger, and he doesn't. He's not bringing enough with the ball to justify that. You know, if he was if he was chipping in with goals, our midfield's never been about goals. So you think, okay, well, if he's not going to be, if he's not going to be Genie Ronaldo, if he's not going to get about and put his foot in, and you know, or you know, a boring sort of bits and bobs pressing and moving the ball forward player like Naby, then what's he going to do? And I just think you can't. Yeah, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll develop a bit more. But he's at the moment. I don't see how you can justify playing him in there because he's he was a passenger without it. Especially when Hen- and then Hendo's off it as well. So you're essentially playing one midfielder who's doing his job properly in there. I don't think it helped. I, I, um, Klopp was saying that apparently they only got the news about Fabinho uh, this mor- the morning of the game, didn't they? So they'd planned, they'd done all the work to, to have Fabinho starting and then they've had to change it. So they, they haven't done any, they haven't trained in that shape. 
but they've all played there before, haven't they? It's not really, yeah. it's yeah. not really a brilliant excuse. No, I would but, say that. Yeah, I've got some sympathy with that making changes late on. But how many times has Hendo dropped in as a six, and we've come away yeah. from the game and said Hendo was bossing the six? He yeah. can play that. Just no problem. To everything, weren't they? And yeah. the thing is, as well, that annoy- a, li- a little bit on that goal, that first goal, it's the first whatever it is, the first 10 minutes of the match or the first 15 minutes of the match and I'm watching it again and okay, if you're not first to it, that that ball, Henderson in midfield, if you're not going to get there first, that's fine. Think, put in your head now, if that's Fabinho or if that's Fernandinho, does that move just carry on or does he get pulled down? You're 10 minutes in, you're not going to get booked. And I was thinking about even James Milner, I don't think James Milner lets him just run past him. Need to be a bit more nasty there. Yeah. And I feel like, as well as thinking about it last night, he's essentially England captain, you know, pretty much. He's, you know, shares it with Kane. He's the one who does all the talking or whatever. Like, is he getting value for his England points? Because it feels like England players have been able to go around do what, doing whatever they want for about 10 years. So start pulling some lads down, start taking some ugly bookings. I just feel like even that wasn't there yesterday where the, you're not quite at it. At, you're not quite at the level you need to be. Brilliant, but then start getting a bit nasty, start just do something different then, just lift your level a bit. Because that, yeah, that, that pissed me off. I thought he he got better though, I thought the first half he was terrible. Yeah. But he he played his way into the game because I didn't see any way he was going to stay on for the full game. I thought that they're going to have to sub him. <clears throat> I think the problem was you also knew Harvey was going to have to come off and... I'm not saying Ox had to come off, but you knew Ox was going to come off. It's Ox like had to come off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, it's it's a difficult one because you haven't got like any obvious option. I mean, Ox comes off and they put Harvey left wing, so was that really better? I'd know? have hooked Harvey. I'd have hooked Harvey and put Ox in midfield. That's how much I was frustrated at Harvey. I was wanting Dokon, to be honest with you. I just wanted yeah, some so, pace So up was there. I, but that was never going to happen. It would have been Carvalho probably, wouldn't it, if they were doing something up front. Um, hopefully that's the last game where we have to worry about that and we'll have Cody Gakpo from now on but I don't know, it depends if he's, if he's eligible for Monday or not but um, yeah, going back to the first half, so we've conceded that awful goal and Leicester looked like they had another goal in them, you know they, they were just dangerous on the break, it wasn't leading to chances but it, there was there was a threat there and we just didn't look comfortable with it but I felt like the longer the half went on we got to grips with it a bit and we started creating some chances ourselves, but not loads, to be fair. But um, we had that one when just uh, a ball over the top and Darwin's made something of it, just blew by the defender, cuts it back for Mo, shoots wide. Uh, what else did we have? Um, nothing other than like the two fucking spawny goals. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the, the first one, it's like the, the cross is going straight to Danny Ward. It's not, it's not even like particularly threatening. And when he sliced that, like I thought that was just like gonna land on the roof of the net because nobody seemed to, didn't seem to be any yeah. danger. It just looked like it had gone behind, and the next thing, like it's in. I was like, oh fucking hell! Um, totally, we've stolen that goal just out of nowhere. It's just like, uh, but then you let on level terms, it settles everyone down a bit, and then the second down goal. I mean, we've actually we've done pretty well to force that. I mean, still lucky. Uh, he could have cleared that. Like I think he just panicked a little bit. Um, I know he's like he's pretty close to the goal, but 
maybe thought someone was closer to him than he was. I think he could have just, you know, he could have done better rather than he just could have fucking... took a touch and turned out yeah, if he, he wanted just, to. He yeah. just smashed it into the net. It's what do you mean, like, he could have kicked it anywhere else in the <laughs> yeah. world other than the goal? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's, like, unavoidable is what I'm saying. I think, like, the first one, he, he's unlucky. Uh, you know, it's a freak goal. That one, I just think he's, you know, he's panicked. But, um... Just, I just feel sorry for Darwin. It's just not going in for him because he's done everything right on that one. What I like about that is it's a, a very similar chance to the one he had um, at Villa when he dragged it wide, didn't he? You know, he, he went low and he dragged it wide. This time, because he should have dinked that one because the keeper had started to commit himself. Um, and on this one, he's done the right thing. He's obviously learned from that. He's thought, OK, I'm going to dink this one. He's dinked it, but... Know it hits the post and bounces out. You need that to just hit the post and go in because that's what he needs. He's just got to get something like that to just go his way. And he's doing so well, he's causing loads of problems, and it's just not happening for him. And it's so frustrating because I thought he was great again. You know, he was like just such a handful, he did some really good things. Um, but he just needs a goal. And like you can talk about his finishing and that, and yeah, sometimes his finishing's got to be better, sometimes it's just bad luck, but. I mean, Mo's missing chances as well, and like it's it just feels like that the focus is always on Darwin because obviously Mo's, uh, you know, proven world class forward, scores loads of goals. He gets away with missing a load of chances, whereas Darwin, because he's not getting the goals at the moment, the focus is all on like the chances he's not taking, and that's why I'm just frustrated. It's like, look, just let him get a couple of goals, and that just takes the focus away from everything else. Then, and people will see like how well he's doing because. He was good last night. I mean, that, that run and pass to Mo was fucking brilliant. I thought I, he was boss. I didn't know really he had good. that in him. You know, like that through ball he played, that was a fucking mm. brilliant through ball. And Mo, that's a terrible miss, by the way. That's a really, really bad miss. If he buries that, everyone's talking about like Darwin's assist and how great yeah. that was. Mo misses and then it's like, oh yeah, Darwin missed chances again, didn't he? But even that first one in the first half that you mentioned, when he blew past the defender mm. and pulled it back from out, that was like genuinely like wow. I thought yeah. like the pace and the power, unbelievable. That's that's the big thing I get from watching him now. The more I watch him live, how fast he is. I mm. did not expect that that he had that power and he just runs past people. It's just the composure part of it, isn't it? That's all it is. Um, but I thought he played really well. Really encouraged by it. I just don't know whether you can properly coach composure though it's almost like you know you know them goal scorers who as soon as they see the goal they just know what to do instinctively he just looks like he doesn't have that I think he's going to score loads of goals just because he'll always be in those positions because his movement's great but he's always going to miss loads as well so it's difficult to rely on him to, to, to you know consistently be scoring goals which is I, what I we need I think that'll really. come I do I, I, I hope mean, so there's a lot of examples you can go back to Suarez his first six, eighteen months even. People were saying, Oh, he's brilliant, but he can't finish. And then we only really got that one season from him where like he was he was prolific. But look what he did after that, because he he developed that side of his game. Um, you know, Drogba when he first went to Chelsea what was Drogba's first season at Chelsea, he, he wasn't scoring many goals. People were like, Yeah, he's not great, is he? And then he's like a 30 goal a season striker after that. So, you know, um, Klopp spoke about uh, Lewandowski. Yeah, when so he first that. went to Dortmund, he couldn't finish. Even in training, he was shit. So there are, there's plenty of examples of it. And I'm, I'm not worried. Not worried at all about it. I think it, it'll come. Um, it's just frustrating having to wait. Because every game... <coughs> every game that goes by, and I'm like, oh, I just, I just deserved the goal there. You know, it's just not happening for him. 
I think it'll happen for him. I, and it's not even because of other other examples of other players. I remember before he came, we had a look at him and you saw that his finishing, not just in the Portuguese league, but his finishing in the Champions League was good. So he was always he was converting more, he was scoring more than he was getting chances. And we've seen when he came to Anfield, he had that, you know, he had some couple of lovely little dinks, nice finishes. I think for me, it'll probably just be once he feels comfortable. Once he feels comfortable, once he stops feeling a bit tense and nervous about things, because I'm more concerned. The ones where he's flash, he's getting his shot off really quickly, and it's not quite, it's not quite going in. I don't mind that as much. It's the ones where he's ponderous and he's, it feels like he's worried about what he's doing and should I pass it, should I shoot? They're the ones I'm like, well, stop that. Get that out of your system. Just whatever you feel is right, do it. Like commit to it. And I think I think that's how he that's how he works his way out of it. Is just by carry on with the the couple he missed today. I'd rather he miss them like that. I'd rather he miss them taking the shot on. You know, the the one way forces the own goal. That's inches away from being a really good finish. That's decent. Um, but we, I mean, we do need we do need to. St- we can't afford to have to create as many chances as we're having to create at the moment. You know, they brought the the figure up of how many of the how many big chances we're missing. Like I think it was fifteen in us fifteen this year from Nunes, twelve from Salah. They're the two, the biggest. They're ahead of everyone else in the in the division. Like you can't really afford to be missing twenty five big chances mm. in a season. What's that is that? a problem. That is a problem. It's like but it's we a, do it's score eight goals, eight goals maybe well. nine goals, something like that. It's it's a lot. Yeah, we score goals, Brownie, but we're missing so many chances. I mean, so it, it is a problem because, and you're saying about the scoring goals, and it's right, but we got nine against Bournemouth, so that skews the figures. Yeah, a it does bit. a little bit. Mm. But the point I was going to make though is that the reason why we we feel that we need to score goals though is because missing the chances is exacerbating the problem we've got in midfield. Because the midfield is killing us, like absolutely killing us, especially without the ball. So I felt like last night I wanted that third goal because I I just wasn't convinced that we were going to keep the ball out of our own net. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So like if we were really solid, then we'd be a bit more relaxed about missing chances, wouldn't we? Because we'd be thinking, well, we've well, never it been really, really solid though. I've, we, it's always been. I, you're right. The defense. I think the defense isn't performing as well as it should be. And you look at like all the numbers for how many chances we're giving up. We're giving up too many chances. Um, but it does feel like you never. We're never getting that that second goal clear, and so we're not finishing games off. Whereas when we were flying and get, you know when we were doing ninety points, it's because we'd be two 0 up, and the other team would just go right. This is done. A lot of the time, I do I do feel like that can that can sort games out for you sometimes where. We're not doing that at the moment. We're not getting that second goal. We're not getting that third goal that we need. Yeah, and it's it's tricky really because I, I had a look at it last night. So for for all pretty much all of the attacking metrics that you'd look at, where it's City top and we're second. So it's like progressive passes, passes into the final third, passes into the box. We're still second. So the t- the the system, the unit is still getting the ball into the dangerous areas as much as it needs to. I just feel like I think it is a little bit that we do need to finish we do need to finish off more of those attacks. We need to be more ruthless. I mean to, to give you an example like I know he's he's way in ahead in the league but Erwin Haaland has scored seven goals more than the chances he's had. Mo Salah's down on the goals compared to chances. Nunes is down on his goals compared to chances. You can just grab any random player out of the league if you want someone to just just equal their, their chances 
So I just feel like, I know it sounds harsh. I know, I've, I realise I feel like I, I sound like a bit of a maniac when I say this after the midfield player like he did. But I thought our right winger is meant to be the best player in the world, isn't he? And aren't we paying him a fortune? So I just, I think it's okay to expect more more than what we're getting. And again, Nunes is involved in the football match a lot, so I'm a little bit, I'm almost less concerned about that because he's involved in the football match. I just feel like we've got this lad who we're paying fortunes for who's meant to be the best player in the world. And we're just, he just doesn't feel involved in the football match enough. And I don't know, partly I feel like that is maybe a team thing, but I do also think partly that is that is him. I do get frustrated when it does bounce off him or... The defence are all having to play one v one. That route. Well, they're doing that for you, so you've got to then you've got to take the match away from people. If we're playing this risky football, when we when you get the ball in the final third a lot, I just feel like you've got to do more with it. The amount of times we're getting we get the ball and I go, oh, this is dangerous, and then nothing comes from it. I don't know. Maybe I know some people feel like that's me going over the top and looking at the wrong area, but I do feel like for a while now. It has been that we need to create too much, too much threat for each goal that we get. That's, I kind of agree to some extent, but with Mo, I was thinking about this like a couple of days ago. Um, you know, his record's amazing, and I think he's underappreciated in a lot of ways. But what you're saying there, I think that stems from, you know, when you're saying he's supposed to be the best player in the world. Well, and I'm guilty of this as well. I think back to like Mo's first season when he scored 44 goals, and I also think back to the spell at the start of last season, first few months of last season, when he was the best player in the world. And I'm wanting that all the time. And like That's the bar. And, and to me, it's like, why are you not playing like that? And I think there's a much bigger sample size of him not being that level. He's a bit, he's a level a bit below that. And I think that's who he is. But he's had these, these like purple patches where he's been best player in the world. He's not the best player in the world. He's a world-class forward who's going to score us a load of goals. But when you're looking at him and you're comparing him to his best spells, those, you know, it's it. As I say, that's not necessarily who he is. You know, that's when he's like at his absolute best. And what we're seeing now, if we hadn't seen like those spells where he was just like best player in the world, what we're getting from now, we'd be made up with that because he's he's still he's scoring a lot of goals. Every game he's dangerous. Um, yeah, I understand like wanting more from him, and but I think maybe that's unrealistic because he's not always going to be at that level where he was. I mean, in, in his first season, he scored forty-four goals and he was great. He also missed a shitload of chances that season, but we were just unbelievable. You know the chances we were creating, the spell he had last season. You know the the beginning part of the season, he was the best player in the world. No one will convince me otherwise. He was unreal. But then he goes away to uh, Afcon. He comes back. He's not not quite at that level. But he's still really good. He's still scoring goals, making contribution. Um, but I just don't think that we can expect him to be that player all the time because that's not who he is. He's but and and that feels like I'm 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 not criticising. It feels like I'm downplaying him, and I'm not because I I think he's like he doesn't get the credit that he probably deserves, and I'm guilty of that as well. You know, if I'm picking like all time Liverpool eleven. I'm struggling to put him in, and that's a joke, really. He should be one of the first names on it, and I don't know why I feel like that. And I'm like, well, do I put him in or not? It's it's stupid because he should be in it. It's as simple as that. But that's I just don't feel like he's he's given like the 
you know that that status that he probably deserves based on what he's done. I mean, he's got the same amount of goals as Kenny in like two hundred games less. And I know Kenny's not a goal scorer. That that's not Kenny's job. But still, I mean, that is pretty amazing. That's that alone. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. The stats in general with Mo are amazing, aren't they? I mean, he's got 15 goals this season as well. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of games left, so he could end up with 30 goals by the end of this season, 25 minimum. So I don't think he's a massive problem. I do think he's dropped off in terms of scoring goals in the league. It's probably a bit disproportionate for how many he's got in the Champions League. It's pretty much yeah, the same, I think. Yeah, 7 15, isn't he, in the league? Yeah, so th- there has been a drop-off there. But I, I agree with Dave in the sense that that's always been Mo. He's like, he is a bit of a streaky player as well. Like He can go on a mad one where he'll get yeah. two hat-tricks two games in a row and then it pads his numbers a little bit. Um, I don't think he's a massive problem. I do think he was poor last night. That finish, the, the one where he put it wide with his right foot, that was really poor. Um, but going back to your point from before, Stu, um, I, I think this is just always what we've been for the last few years. We have moaned about it. Think about after the Champions League final. Yeah. We were all saying, if we just had a prolific striker, then we, we, we'll win the European Cup. So we've gone out and got the lad <laughs> who we what, thought was the prolific striker. Yeah, that's what the, we've gone and got him. And I think we're in agreement that he's going to come good. That That's fine. It's, it's a bit of a problem at the moment. But in the long term, I think that'll be fine. But the comparison with the 90-point league um, team, though, is that they didn't concede the first goal all the time. <laughs> you know Not what I mean? Fair. So yeah. what what we were moaning about at the time there was we're only winning 2-0 here, but in the, you know, the dominance in the game, we should be 4-0 up. That's, that's where we wanted them goals, whereas now we're starting 1-0 behind all the time. Mm. And how much does that play into snatching the chances? You get a bit more panicky, don't you, because you're chasing the game. Mm. Like the mental side of the game, when you're 1-0 down, you're thinking, oh, no, where we go again. It just puts a little bit of tension in everything that you do. And you can see that in our finishing, I think. The big issue here is midfield. Like, I could not believe the gaps last night that, that, that I was seeing. Now, I've always thought this 4-3-3, it's, it's, it's massively brave as a formation because the amount of running that the two eights have to do, the ground they have to cover is yeah. huge. It's absolutely huge. It's key to everything. And you've you've had over the last few years people moaning about, oh, we're in midfield, we haven't got people who score goals and everything. We've been on here and said that is not the job of this midfield. Yeah. They, they have lots of other jobs and they do them jobs really well. But it's almost as if like, we've listened to the criticism because we've gone and got Thiago, who's like a technical midfielder. Um, Harvey's in there now, who's a technical midfielder. This is again goes into the identity crisis bit. If, if you're playing 4-3-3, I don't think those are the types of players that are going to work within that system. You need your Genie Wijnaldums, your Jordan Hendersons, the people who do all the running. That's their job. I feel we're stuck a little bit. Yeah, that as well. I just think we're stuck in the middle a little bit of what we're trying to do. And and it's, it's just causing loads of problems. 
yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. Uh, I think you may be underselling Thiago a little bit there, though, because the fucking yeah, work definitely. that Thiago put in in, the, in that game. I mean, oh, no, he's, he was he's unbelievable he's without the ball. He into tackles. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so Thiago, yeah, he's he's creative and he, he's great in the ball, but he's really added that to his game, you know, just like the work rate and the defensive play. I mean, he was he was doing the work of three midfielders at times in, in the, against Leicester, you know. Uh, I thought he was brilliant. He was by far the best player on the pitch. I thought Trent had a really good game as well, to be fair. But Thiago was like head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, and he was having to do more because the rest of the midfield just wasn't functioning. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's We have moved away from, like, you know, the... Um, the workman like midfielders and we've tried to add that like bit more creativity in that and I really like Harvey, you know, Harvey's such a good little footballer. Uh, but playing the way we play, it is gonna be a problem, you know. It's just a fact and it's not even a criticism of him. It's like, well, that's not who he is. He's not he's not like a all action, you know, quick snapping into tackle type player. That's not who he is, you know, he's he's not the quickest. Um he's quick in his brain. But that's more in an attacking sense, you know. Defensively, he's still got to learn that side of the side of the game, and he, he will learn it. But I don't. He's never going to be like that bundle of energy, like a, a Win Alden type. He's just not going to be that. And um, the four three three might be an issue if 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 we want to play that way. I and mean, we've said that about Carvalho as well. Where does he play? Clearly, he's a really good little player, massive potential. What position does he fill in the four three three? Curtis, that's another one. You know, these players, if you want to bring them through. And they're your future. Well, maybe you need to be bringing through players who actually fit the system that you're playing, yeah. or you might have to look at changing the system somehow. I can envisage Curtis though as as an eight in that in that side in a way that I can't with those other two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think we've yeah. seen enough from Curtis to to understand that he could be, you know, a more attacking eight. But I, yeah, I'm struggling more and more to see how how Harvey and Carvalho play as centre mids in that team when they both look like they both look like tens in yeah. a, a three uh, yeah. uh, you know a four two one three don't they they look like someone who they'd fit the ten better mm-hmm. and we don't Do play that way so. no. I think with Harvey though and I, I love Harvey because when you watch the game you don't always get the sense on the telly do you when you're at the match like the little passes he does the little five yard round the corner passes all that it's really creative what he does on the ball the problem he had last night was he was like he always is without the ball, which is kind of just just non-existent, really. But with the ball, he was really bad. He was giving it away in dangerous areas. He was making poor decisions. He was doing things he doesn't normally do when he's got the ball. And the problem he's got is because he has that kind of weakness without the ball, he's got to be really good with it every time yeah. he plays. So when he's not, he, he just sticks out massively and you're like, get him off. Get, he's got to get off the pitch because he's causing us huge problems. He's not, he, and, and, and that is his issue, isn't it, in this shape, what we're saying. He's not always going to be hitting those heights with the ball because players, they go through form, don't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they're up and down with the form. So that's going to be his problem. He has to be at his absolute best to get into the team. So when it drops, huge problem. Would you know what might solve that, though? I'm not saying it will, but it might. If you had, like, if you brought in a six, like, let's say, as an example, uh, N'Golo Conte in his prime, if somebody like that, that covers up for everyone else's deficiencies because it's like having an extra three players there. So Mm. maybe part of the problem with Harvey is because we just haven't got that, like, you know, that, that... high energy, quick, snapping into tackles, covering the ground. We haven't got that player 
because Fabinho's not covering the ground the way he was. Hendo's not going to do that either. Um, maybe like you get that signing, whether that's like Saicedo from Brighton, I don't know. Just just throwing a name out there. Um, we saw Amrabat in the World Cup. He was covering up for a lot of mistakes from teammates just by like just you know being everywhere, just getting tackles in, stopping teams, just being a pain in the ass. You know, if you yeah. get like that type of player. Maybe Harvey's not a problem then, but the way we're playing now, Harvey's weaknesses are, are going to get exposed. Uh, and as you say, he's got to be at his best with the ball to compensate for that. And it wasn't his best game against Leicester. Um, but yeah, we're just we're, we're fairly short on options at the moment. That's why we've got to sign someone. We'll get to that later because we're going to talk about Gakpo. So we'll talk about like potential midfield signings as well. But just staying with this, um, second half, chances that we had... I mean, we had uh, there was what we spoke about when Darwin played Moen. Hendo had that chance from a well worked throwing. No, I, I I sit right behind that. It was really good from Trent. He was just waiting for the moment till Hendo got free. Nice throw into his path. Good shot. Just unlucky. It's like a couple of inches wide. Um, we had uh, that that one for Darwin when he's he just put it just over the bar. Oh, that was unlucky. That, oh, it was. I, I watched that again like this morning, and it, he's done everything right. It's yes. like if that nestles in the top corner, we're all talking about what an amazing goal it was, and it was a lovely ball from Cater as well. To be fair to him, I thought he was okay when he came on. I thought he he gave us uh, something just keeping it simple and that. But that was that was a nice pass from him. Um, I think he'll probably start against Brentford because we've got to make changes, uh, and I think he'll probably be one of them. But yeah, we'll talk about Brentford later. Um, Mo had another one, didn't he? Right foot where the uh, Danny Ward just closed yeah, his legs. Yeah, Virgil time. added it down for him from like yeah. a second phase from a set piece. Uh, he's not done much wrong there. He's just hit, hit the target. Just smashed it, didn't he? Did. He did what he should have done with the first one. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was that other one as well. Um, Danny Ward made a really good save on that one when uh, Darwin just caused mayhem with the defender, just chased him down, um, forced a bad back pass, got on the end of it. Waited for Mo. He just he didn't play it at the right moment, and then it was gone. And he had to wait and wait until Mo got free. And yeah. then he's tried to pick him out. Defender's got a touch. Ball comes to Mo anyway, and he gets his shot away. And it's a good save from Danny Ward. But yeah. it's frustrating because we just needed that third goal just to make it safe. Because Leicester always had that threat in them, and we had to defend well in the second half because. They got into some good situations. I mean, Trent was left like isolated with Harvey Barnes probably three, four times, and he's done really well against them, um, because we didn't really have control of it. You know, they, I felt like they always like posed a threat against us, so it just wasn't a comfortable night at all. But it's one of those you you come away with the point and you're like, fucking hell, you know, have we managed that? You know, we've kind of just stolen three points there. I know what you're saying, Stuart, about like Leicester didn't deserve to win the game and stuff, and. Yeah. You can argue that we didn't. I mean, we did create more chances, but bottom line, we've needed them to score our goals for us. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you can only look for me when at the end of the game, I only look at it and just go, you know, we've created enough there to score three or four. I know that even on top of them putting the ball in the net for us twice, we've created another two or three goals worth of chances. And outside of what, outside of their goal, they haven't done that much. And I know that. There's loads of flaws in expected goals. The idea that like if you don't get your shot off, then you don't get any value for it and stuff like that. But I just think over the course of the game, I think we tend to do it too much where we go, oh, they because we've been crap, they've been good and deserve the points, which I don't, I don't particularly think is the case. I was just going to say then when we when you were talking about the idea of um, 
you know, a midfielder that gets about and puts his foot in and stuff like that. I was thinking through our midfield and it, I know Wijnaldum used to do that, but most of those most of those guys in there, it's it's almost a little bit counterintuitive where we're not we don't buy players that are going to turn around and chase you if you've gone past them. Almost all of them, if you look through the whole side, Fabinho, Thiago, Cater, it's all front foot, and you won't come past us. That's the idea, isn't it? It's because the, the press is so aggressive and front foot. Mm. It's the idea that you you don't come past us in the first place. Stop even with source, that, isn't it? That's what yeah, it is. even with that first goal, um, Klopp was saying the problem was because we were too deep. You know, it feels like they're so high up the pitch and there's so much space. And he, he was saying, no, 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 we were we dropped too deep. We should have been higher. We should have been more aggressive. We dropped off and that was the problem. And we, because we dropped off, they had a little bit of time to play through us and stuff, which we normally, it's count, you know, counterintuitive. Usually you go, oh, you drop a bit there. or But he's saying, no, Joel should be more on the front foot. Hendo should be more on the front foot. And then that, that goal doesn't, doesn't happen. I didn't so, yeah, get that from I, Klopp about we were... It's because Joel I, basically Joel's five yards off his man, so he's not a bit up the arse. I just thought we lost duels. One. We lost like three yeah, duels in a row. So. That was the I problem. So. Yeah, it's that same thing. It's it's all his his solution is always pretty much always be more be more aggressive, be more front foot, win your battles and stuff like that. So I just it'll be interesting to see who if we do bring a midfielder in, it will be interesting to see who we bring in, what sort of player we bring in, um, because it isn't necessarily always someone that that barrels about and has got a lot of recovery pace. It's, I think it's usually they care about like Thiago is excellent at front foot. Like it doesn't yeah. come past you. And that's, that's how you, that's how you stop it is it just doesn't come past you. The amount, the amount of stuff that Thiago got to first. And that's what the other two went doing to, you know, he just got his foot in. He must've been fouled about 10 times. He just, he'd get there first. Yeah. Other lads around yeah. late, you get the free kick. So uh, yeah, I don't know whether, I don't know what we're. That's I suppose that's the interesting thing with if we do buy a midfielder, that might tell us a little bit about what mm. what what this midfield is meant to be or meant to look like. Because I feel like when I'm looking at games now, I don't really know what a Liverpool goal is meant to look like. I used to when we had you know when we had Mane one side, Salah the other side. I could tell you what a goal looked like. It looked like Firmino would drop in or one of those two would run in, or Robbo would come round Mane or Trent would run round. You just I had I had a picture of how yeah, our goals patterns. mostly look, and I honestly I don't. I'm watching Trent stood in centre midfield, and I'm like I don't know what's what are we meant to be doing here. It looks like four four two. You look at the passing networks, it looks like four four two, and obviously if you play four four two, all your your triangles all go. That's why you know that's why English football. Was, that's why England used to get laughed at by the rest of the continent when they were all playing triangles and we were playing four four two. So I don't, yeah, that's a, that's a problem for me. Is I I don't know what this new midfield and this new system. I don't I don't really know how it's meant to work. So I can't pick apart why it isn't working because it just seems obvious why why it wouldn't work. If your fullback isn't going to pass to your winger, then obviously you're not going to get forward and and do damage so yeah I think that that's one of the problems when I look at when when I'm looking at us I never like to be the guy going I don't know what's going on or I haven't got the answer but yeah I can't figure out sometimes what it's meant to look like that's the point about the gaps though uh, Stu so I mean I sit in the cop so I have a really good like view you know of how wide the, the players play and what you'll see is when Trent gets the ball his, his out ball is 
generally is not to mow. It can be if it's a counter-attack or whatever. But generally, whoever plays as the eight on the right, they basically just sprint to the touchline to get the next pass to almost try to create the triangle. But the yeah. problem they've got is if they then lose the ball, the gap between them and the six is huge, so they've got to then sprint back in. And it just causes a massive problem if you're not um, you know, keeping keeping the ball, basically. If you're taking no care of keeping the ball, then suddenly on, on the transition, you, you're just screwed. And and that's that's where we had the problem with Harvey last night. He wasn't keeping the ball very well when he was receiving it from Trent, and then suddenly there's huge gaps, and then you're scrambling, and then you're in a world of pain. I think as I well, like f- you know... Um, Stu, you, you got um, you got Pep Linder's book for Christmas, didn't you? So I don't know if you've started that or not. I've gone back to it. Like, I jibbed it off. I, I couldn't get into it, but I've gone back to it, and I'm enjoying it now, to be fair. But what you said before about, like, we don't chase people from behind, it's interesting because he actually makes that point in the book where he says that's what right. they want us to do. He said, like, I can't remember what game it was. It might have been Man City or Anfield, or, but he said it's like it's a real point of emphasis is that um, it's not about, like, you know, yeah, we're going to press, but it's about our pressing is chasing. He said, like, it's not a press, it's a chase. He said, well, we will chase you all over the pitch. And if, you know, we'll chase you from behind. So no player who ever gets the ball, he said, they, they want it that when the player's got the ball, He's always thinking, I've got somebody behind me, even if he hasn't, because that's what we do. And it's it just, it's like, okay, if that's what like we're wanting to do, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting that vibe. Once you've run past Fabinho or you've run past Naby Keita, you're not getting that yeah. feeling that they're breathing down your neck, are you? No, exactly. But also, like, on that point... He was saying, like, you'll get more out of it than I will, like, obviously, your, your coaching background and that, but it's things that, like, wouldn't really, just like, the you know, the average fan like me looking at it wouldn't necessarily be picking up on. But he was talking about last season, because obviously the book's about last season, and he's saying about, like, we've, we had a completely new way of playing, um, specifically, like, off the ball, you know, like with, with the, the pressing positions where we press. And one of the things he said was like, Mo came up to him after a game and said, I love this new way of pressing because I'm so much fresher when I get the ball now compared to like, you know, previously where I'd, I'd feel a little bit leggy because of all the running I was doing. He said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having to do less running with this new way of pressing and I feel sharper when I've got the ball. So there's a, there's a lot of things like that you'll probably get out of the book when you're reading it. But yeah, it was just when you said about us not chasing people from behind, it just made me laugh because I'm like, like Linda's <laughs> was saying to them, like our, our emphasis is like, we want to chase everybody all over the park. So like, you know, we're horrible to play against and they're hearing footsteps even when they're not there. And it's like, yeah, that's not really working at the moment, Pep. Yeah, our squad will just give each other side eyes as he's saying it going, yeah, no, probably not going to happen, mate. <laughs> But no, it's a good point when you said like if we sign a midfielder, the profile of that player might tell us a lot about what we want to do. Um, so hopefully we'll find out this month because you know, hopefully we'll do something. Uh, may as well, may as well get on to that now then while we're talking about it. Uh, we've got a striker in. We'll talk about him in a sec. But do you think we'll get a midfield player? I know Brownie, you weren't particularly confident that we get anyone. Um, I did say I thought we'd get somebody. Uh, whether we'll get two. I'm quite confident, actually, that, that we will. Who it is, I have no idea, but I do think we'll bring someone in. What do you reckon? Well, I thought it was 50-50 that we'd sign anyone in the first place, didn't I? So now you that said we've that got... in the pod, and then in the chat yeah. you were like, there's no chance we're not signing anyone. 
you totally backtracked on it. I must have been pissed when I said that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what are the chances of signing another? For me, that it's glaring that we have to do it. I haven't been there last night and watched that. It's it's not even a question for me. We have to do it. I know there's loads of other things that come into it, like who's available and what do we do about the money situation to get Bellingham in the summer, all that kind of stuff. And that's all fair. It is, but. I feel right now that if we don't do something about it, then we're not going to fix anything. We're just going to have problems between now and the end of the season. It could literally be signing a midfielder um, is what gets us into the Champions League. That's how I feel at this stage. So you've got to go out and do it. Now, who would it be? I haven't got a clue. You see all the names getting bandied about, don't you? There's that Saicedo you mentioned, Enzo Fernandez. I, I can't see that based on the money that's being touted for it because how could you then afford to get Bellingham? If you spend a hundred million now, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. And and the, the point that was made earlier is a good one about what the profile will be. Again, I don't know. I just know that we have to do it, got to do it. So I'm I'm going to be watching closely in the next uh, couple of weeks to see what what develops on it. Mm, I I find it tricky to see why why would a club sell us a hundred million pound midfielder now rather than in the summer especially if they're still in European football. Because I, I understand that like well, we need them now, that's fine, but they don't need to care that we need them now. If, if we're still going to buy them in the summer, why would you let them go? I get the idea that you know they might push for it, the idea Bellingham might push for it this, this break, but if, it, if that was going to happen, wouldn't it have already happened? Wouldn't that chat have already happened and it'd be sorted by now? Mm. I don't know, and I feel like if we if we're gonna let it carry on and carry on, then I mean you've got another eight nine games in January, so we're gonna we're gonna do it after those eight nine games. No, you can't. Right, you right to, do something now. Right towards the end of January, you end up buying someone. I, I feel like I can't, in my head I can't see the hundred million happening. I could see. We find some. I mean, for me, yeah, maybe you look down. You look down your list a little bit and go, "Is there a twenty-five million that we quite like the look of that we get in?" Um, I don't know. It's tricky. I feel feel like my opinion has changed a bit now. Last recently, when I'm looking at Harvey and I'm looking at Carvalho, and I was thinking they're the bodies that you play rather than bringing a stopgap. You give them games. You develop them. But yeah, I think that probably isn't going to be that probably isn't going to be the solution. Uh, we've got to bear in mind as well. Do you do you spend a hundred million pounds to to finish in the top four when I'd I'd still think I'd back us to finish in the top four without a signing? Yeah. So what 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 are we talking? Because I know when you're saying we've got to sign one, We've got to sign one to get back somewhere near the level that we want, which is you know eighty-five points plus. We we've got to. I think we do have to bring someone in. Do we have to sign someone this year to finish in the top four, or could we probably muddle through and finish in the top four and then bring them in in the summer? We have to sign someone uh, to win the Champions League, though. Yeah, it's probably, probably true. If you'd have asked me a few days ago, I'd have been like, now nah, we'll be okay to get through. But haven't seen what I saw last night. I am concerned because, the, I mean, Aston Villa and Leicester, they are not good teams. They're just not good teams. They should not be creating as many problems against us as they were. And I go back to the point that that, from, from what I was watching last night, was all down to the midfield. Now, 
yeah, you're not going to be playing great teams every week. But those games could easily have gone another way if those teams take the chances. And I know we will say the same about ourselves because we've missed chances mm. as well. But I'm I'm massively concerned by it. I just we're too easy to play against, and it's probably naive of me to think that we can go and just pluck somebody and suddenly it fixes everything. I know that's probably not realistic, but at least I'm going to cling to that hope because that that's the only way I see it getting resolved in the short term, at least. So that, that's why I'm saying that whoever comes in as well is probably going to be asked to learn a lot of new midfield stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Like yeah. we like you were saying before, Brownie, about how midfielders for us. Are have to do very different things to a lot of other clubs so does that solve much I mean I, I understand if you bring someone brilliant in then obviously you'd, you'd expect it to improve but there's probably a bit of a bedding in period where they've got to learn the differences of what playing centre mid for Liverpool is and while that's happening you're not playing as well as you should be playing at I don't That's know. Fair. I think you're probably right Dave to, to, to go far in the Champions League we do need yeah if we don't, we're throwing the Champions League season in the bin, really, aren't we? Probably. Mm. I know you. We've, listen, you look at the side we won it with um, in Istanbul, and it wasn't a great side. And sometimes you can do that, but the chances of us winning it without adding someone in midfield are probably, yeah, less than likely, isn't it? I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, is there like a young Wijnaldum out there? That's what they've got to be looking at, you know. That signing that we made then, if we could make a signing like that now, there's got to be somebody, hasn't there? There's got to be someone who fits the profile. Wijnaldum wasn't even Wijnaldum though when we bought him, was he? No, but if he was. Honest, when you he... know what I mean? What would you be looking for? You'd be looking for yeah, a number a ten that's scoring yeah. a load of goals. Yeah, like but a, yeah. he came in and he he was immediately put into midfield, and he and he yeah. immediately just fitted. No, he was just uh, obviously he gets better as he gets older. But when he came in, he was good when he when he when he first came in. Considering he wasn't like that type of player when we signed him, he was more of an attacking player. Um, but yeah, you just there's got to be somebody on the list who's not going to cost a hundred million because in the summer, yeah. So if, if we're assuming that we're going to be getting Bellingham, and you know, there's no guarantees, but if that deal's happening in the summer. What we do now shouldn't impact on that too much unless you're spending, like, you know, you're not going to go for Enzo Fernandez. But there's got to be somebody like a 20, 30 million, even a little bit higher, maybe, someone in that bracket who we should be able to bring in now. Because at the end of the season, you're going to lose Kate, you're going to lose Ox. You're not getting any transfer fees for them, but you're getting them off the wage bill. Um, don't know what's going to happen with Milner. So if Milner leaves, that's another salary off the books. You've got kids who can come in. Like to to fill like the the squad positions, you know, Bajetic looks really good. You've still got Harvey there, so you can bring in like a midfielder now and still get Bellingham in the summer because it's not like you're going to be overstocked with players. I mean, they're not worried about being overstocked up front, are they? Let's face it. Talking about giving Bobby a new contract when we've already got like five five strikers now. Um, we may as well may as well talk about that then because Klopp's saying about like he definitely wants Bobby to stay. I mean, how does that work? Does that mean somebody else goes? I mean, the most vulnerable would probably seem to be Jota. Um, or are they going to keep six? I think they'll just keep six. Eight. I think they'll keep six because you, you sometimes go back to the um, just the premise of having two players per position, don't you? Mm. So if, you, if you're playing three up front, then naturally you would have six. But then, so I don't think it's a massive problem in that sense. Plus, when you add in... 
the fitness problems that we have those players have, have shown haven't they that they do pick up injuries so mm. maybe they've had to look at it again and think you know five was okay previously but now we need to do six to cater for it because we can um, rotate a bit more effectively but where does that leave Carvalho then no idea like we've spoken about it earlier in the season I don't even know what he is at this point mm. so are we even talking about him as being somebody who plays in the front three or we eventually we're going to see him drop into midfield I don't know he no. looks to be an in-between player he looks like a strange one in that sense as talented as he is mm. yeah I think if I if I'm if I'm Carvalho I'm looking at that, that sign and it, it'd worry me yeah Unless someone's, unless they're, you know, they're having chats with him about his development and about how they see him as a, a centre mid, but then, like I would, I'd be playing Bobby at eight before I'd be playing Carvalho there, I think, because he used to play midfield for Hoffenheim and he's got the legs now though. Probably, if you're not playing him every week, mm-hmm. you think about he's he's busy, isn't he? Whenever he plays, he's always busy. You never look yeah. at him and think he's sluggish. It's just when we've played him every week, his legs are falling off. Um. Yeah, I think Brownie's probably right if he's saying you go with two, two good players for each position. That's my my thought with, um, with keeping Bobby would be just that the reason why we got to you get to ninety five points isn't necessarily the first eleven. I always think it's it's the quality of you know who's player fifteen to player twenty two. Do they come in and does the does the the level drop off? That's how you get to those daft levels of points. So if you've got Bobby in there as your fifth or sixth choice, then it just feels like you get, when you're rotating, you're going to drop the ball a lot less. You're going to win more football matches. It's just whether the money adds up. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the budget is, and it feels like you're bringing in a lot of these lads. Maybe not though. Maybe Cody Gakpo isn't on a lot of money. He's come from the Eredivisie, so maybe he wasn't on a huge contract, and we haven't had to give him a huge bump um, to to bring him in on wages wise. I don't know. Um, when you were talking before about who we bring in midfield without wanting to go drag it backwards there as well. When when Alden left, I was like pushing quite a bit for the idea that Bruno Gomerez would be a good replacement because he looked like he's very Thiago-like. And I feel like... And um, Willock as well for Newcastle. I was shouting for those two. So it's a little bit bittersweet for me to sort of... Obviously, like being proven right on that, but it's bittersweet now watching Newcastle with their fully functioning midfield winning almost every week. Um, but hopefully there'll be, like you say, maybe there's a couple a couple of other players that the team know about that they can pick up that, that haven't come on our radar yet. Yeah, I mean, the way they've been doing business, it could just be someone comes out of nowhere and the first we hear about it is when it's more or less done. So that's what I'm hoping for, that, like, you know, sometime next week maybe first week of January and then we get the tweet from like Joyce or James Pierce or Basco like one of those yeah Liverpool have agreed to FIFA blah 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 mm. um, I don't want no long drawn out sagas that end up where like we don't get anyone because there's nothing worse than that is there in a transfer window um, but yeah I think you know we're all in agreement that we really need somebody to come in in midfield this month Um what you what are you expecting from Gakpo? Do you think he's going to start on the left probably because that that's where like the need is at the moment. It's his best position. We've currently got Ox there, so you think he'd probably come in on the left long term. What what happens when Diaz is back? God knows. 
I mean, he's one I think he's interested is basically he's I think he's the best player outside the top five leagues, it looks like. Um he's like, you know, ninety ninth percentile for everything, shots, goals, so it's just whether that, that can um, transfer from the Dutch league to, to our league, isn't it? I think you you're watching him at the World Cup, he looked good. But then you got to remember that international football is absolute shit. So it, it's not always hard to look good in international football. Um, but yeah, the the, the left sided things a weird one, isn't it? Given that Diaz looks pretty much definitely he's going to stay on the left. Jota looks best off the left. Although I do like him in, I like him when he's down the centre as well. I think he, he's decent down the centre. There are a lot of left sided players. Maybe maybe looking at Gakpo is down the centre as well. Yeah. Yeah, I um, thought that because he's played there, hasn't he? A bit yeah. for Holland and PSV, so maybe that's the long-term view on it. It does feel a bit weird. No one, no one feels natural off the right, do they? They've played Jota there a bit, but he never, he never looks great off the right. There's a lot of there's a lot of them all competing for off the left. I can't see them looking to move anyone on. I saw talk of does that mean that maybe Jota will get moved on because of his fitness? But I can't see them moving anyone on out of the players that we signed recently because it's part of the renewal isn't it mm-hmm. bringing a couple of younger lads you, the one you'd expect to have gone would be Bobby um, I don't know maybe and he might just still go and, you know it's all well maybe, Klopp saying he wants him to stay that doesn't mean it'll happen does it maybe they've just looked and gone we need another forward and if we need to work with one of them to come off the right we can work with one of them because we can't turn down Cody Gakpo at 37 million maybe they've just gone it's just too much it's too good value Um you know, because yeah. it is surprising given he's had a big World Cup and everyone was talking about him. There's a lot of interest, a lot of big clubs are after him. It's not a lot of money nowadays, is it really? 30 odd million pounds. No, not at all. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it's the. For, to go back to Ferguson, Ferguson used to just buy a forward and then buy another forward, didn't he? And that would usually, when they were winning the league and stuff, it was just, well, we'll just buy another forward. They always had two good forwards for every position, didn't they? Yeah, it was four four two. So they'd have four, wouldn't they? So they'd have like, yeah. So in theory, if you're playing three, you should have six. We were the same, weren't we? We used to have four. If you think about it, back like yeah. we, when we played two up top, we'd always have four because you always had that backup option. And you know, you'd argue now that football's even more physical and more demanding. And I mean, the, the amount of games is only going one way, isn't it? So. I think it makes sense to have more options. It's just the impact it has on the squad, isn't it, in terms of wages and the, the knock-on impact to other positions. That, that That's the concern around it. It, it is concerning the, the lack of options on the right-hand side, though, isn't it? Cause what, I, I think Mo's Diaz could play there, you know. Mm. I think he'd be fine if we had to play him there. Yeah. I suppose they are versatile, aren't they? Because, I mean, Diaz had a spell playing up front, didn't he, at some stage? And mm. obviously Darwin's played a couple of different positions up front on the left. I like Darwin down the middle, personally. Um, so the, yeah there is that about the base still how would you convince a specialist right sided player to come in though as well he's going to look at the team and yeah. go so when am I playing again then yeah, yeah. that's true he's just going to look at Salah and go well Salah wants to play every minute of every match so when am I getting my games so I think that's probably why it's tricky to get a specialist you just yeah maybe you look at one of these left sided lads and see if one of them one of them can do a bit out there when we need it, and oh, it's not what we have... needed anyway. But I mean, we, you know, we've got no Diaz and no Jota, so we needed a left-sided player. And but you you don't want to bring in a specialist left-sided player 
you want someone who can play all three positions and Gakpo can't, so it's a perfect signing really for me. I think that it's the I'm saying perfect sign, I don't know if he's gonna be great. What I'm saying is like his profile, what he's done so far, where he can play, all of that adds up to like the perfect signing to me. So now it's up to him to just prove it on the pitch. But yeah. I think it was the absolute you know, made perfect sense to do that. Proof will be in the pudding, won't it? Mm. So we don't know if he'll play against Brentford. Klopp seemed to be a little bit pessimistic about it. And, you know, <laughs> I got a bit pissed off when I was watching him talk about it, to be honest, because he, he just seemed to be, like, a bit philosophical about it. He's like, well, you know, um, it might not happen because it's bank holiday and I think the, um, the the Dutch transfer window doesn't open until the second, so they'd have to get, like, special dispensation and stuff. And I'm watching him saying, so, you know, so it might be fine if we just give him a few days training and then bring him in. I'm like, no! <laughs> Pull out all the stops and get him, get him on, on in the squad for Brentford. You know, don't just shrug your shoulders and go, "Oh well." No, you, you fucking, you, you pay off whoever you need to pay to make them come in on the day off and and run the paperwork through. Let's not just go, "Ah, oh, yeah, well, he'll be all right for the next game." No, I, I want him now because that we're gonna have some tired legs in that game. We might need him off the bench. Yeah, after seeing Ox last night as well, I'll chip in. I'll give some of me Christmas money towards <laughs> making that happen. And it's not like there's yeah, any but... alternative to Ox, is there, realistically? No. It was funny, I was thinking the same thing, Dave. It's like, well, Jones got annual leaving, so it'll just have to be the third, won't it? Like, well, no, cancel Jones' annual leave, get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just seem to accept it. I'm like, no, don't be accepting that. This is, you're talking like multi-million pound like business here. There's, like, there's so much at stake on all of these games. Don't just go, ah, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's people's day off. No, fucking get them to do the paperwork. But we'll see. I mean, they've not given up hope entirely, so he may be involved against Brentford. Um, I think one player who will be involved against Brentford will be Canate. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't come back in for that. Maybe the need for that's not not as glaring with Ivan Tony probably not playing. Uh, I do think the plan would have been, yeah, we bring him in to deal with Ivan Tony, but if Tony's not playing, I think I'd still do that anyway, just for the amount of like balls down the channels and aerial stuff, set pieces. Uh, much as I love Joel, I just think that when Canate plays, he just shuts down that right hand side, doesn't he? You know, it's just it's a, it's a lot, lot, lot of help for Trent having him covering him behind him. So I think he'll come back in. But do we think there'll be many more changes? Have we heard anything about Robbo? That would be the first question because it didn't look great, did it, when he went off? I think he said dead leg. I think he had a dead ah, leg right. before the game. Harvey got him in training, he said. Uh, and it just seized up during the match. It's not a lot of time even to be from a dead though, leg, is it? Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't mind, you wouldn't mind Costas playing it even because I thought you know, Robbo was poor. Yeah. The amount of, time, the amount of times you were saying that Dave, about what chance, what chances we had in the first half? You're like, well, there's a couple of times there where it feels like it's really easy for Robbo to just slide that ball in between the keeper and the and the centre halves and put a dangerous ball in. He just, in one of them, he just shanked it out the yeah. ground. Yeah, it was bad. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't be the end of the world if Costas got a game. I know, you know, Robbo's decent usually, but well, he's man of the match against Villa, I thought, and then he's just thrown in a stinker. <laughs> against Leicester but yeah, Costas, Costas did well when he yeah, came he on did. that little mazy run he went on was boss yeah. <laughs> I was like go on lads he's charging through the middle wasn't he yeah I think he'll yeah. play yeah, do you think, will be back do in do you think Trent will play probably I thought so you wouldn't start no. Gomez would you 
Not ideally, but Possibly. it depends if they think that Trent needs protecting. And if I'm starting yeah. Gomez, I'm okay with him starting right back. Um, I think he's done pretty well at right back, to be fair. Maybe yeah, Trent. Of that. I mean, it was a bit strange Trent coming off. I thought like for five minutes to go because he was defending really well. Um, whether that was like pre-planned, it was like you know we're not going to have him on for the full game, or if they just thought a little bit of extra solidity with fresh legs with Gomez coming on. I don't know, but it felt like that was a little bit of a strange one. I thought um, possibly because as you get towards the end of a game and the other team gets desperate, they start going a bit longer, don't they? So yeah. if you've got a little bit of height at right back as well, it's yeah. just that extra compensation. Set pieces as well. You you, you think yeah. the way we're going to lose it is a set piece, so you put a few bigger lads on. Yeah. Is Fabinho going to be available? I know, was it down to um, birth of a child? Is that yeah, she's gone into labour. So I don't, okay. they've said at the moment they don't know. Right. I think I'd probably rule him out, and if he's if he's fit, that he wants, if he's available, it's a bonus. But Would I don't think you can you can count on him, especially a game like that. You really need him with like second balls mm. and that. And he's had a rest as well, yeah. so it could could work out quite well actually. Yeah, you'd have to presume Naby's going to come back in, wouldn't you? After that midfield performance, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think he'll play. Just because, because like you said, Dave, he just came on. He just he was boring and sensible, and that was fine. That he was wasn't a massive shit. improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was a on. massive improvement. What, what, had, what had gone on before? <laughs> yeah, I think he'll play. I think they've got to freshen it up a bit. Um, I don't think Hendo will play. You know, Hendo was was ill before Villa. Um, he's you know the, he, he was shattered in that game. He didn't look great in this game, so I think he probably needs a bit of a rest. Harvey as well looked like he was goosed at the end, so you, you don't, you don't a, want to be making yeah, massive changes. Harvey, though, Harvey had a couple of couple of knocks on the ankle as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. So yeah, I don't think Harvey's going to play. I don't think Hendo's going to play. So probably Fabinho, Thiago, Keita, if Fabinho's available. If he's not, uh, Bajetic will probably start. I think. Yeah, because they've, they've got yeah. so much faith in him. Like you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they started him. It's a worry though, isn't it? Against so Brentford, you're talking, yeah. It's... You're talking a midfield of Bajetic, Allegri, Thiago after playing 90, mm. and Naby against a pretty smart all-action Brentford. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. concerned now. Yeah. I wasn't as concerned when I started the court, and now I'm thinking, oh, God. I, I'm a bit concerned, but I also think it comes down to the, the strikers. If they do the job and put the ball in the net, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll we'll create enough chances. The yeah. worry is that you know we we continue missing chances and giving up chances at the other end, and it just becomes a bit of a lottery. Then it's like anything can happen. Yeah, well, it's like I was saying in the chat as well that we go, oh, even Tony might be this, might be that. I was like, well, is Mo Salah going to run all over Ben Me then? Because if he isn't, why isn't he going to? Mm. We have to look at that a little bit and go, who's Brentford got at the back? Well, why aren't we running all over them? Because you know they haven't got Virgil Van Dijk, they haven't got Canate, so we need to be causing them more problems, and we need to, you know worry a little bit less about the problems they can cause us, and we should be thinking that we should. be... I think we will. Though that's the problems. thing, isn't it? If you if you look at the the last two games, even the City game, like it, it that hasn't been the problem, has it? We've looked dangerous. Mm. That's what since we've restarted, I've liked how dangerous we've looked. We've got into loads of great positions, created loads of chances. Yeah, we want to take more of them. It's just the giving up chances, and these games can all be about momentum, can't they? You know that uh, their home ground, they, 
put up. I know they don't have a massive attendance and that, but they have a good atmosphere there. And if yeah. they get the tails up, the game just becomes really difficult, doesn't it? We even saw that when we played the, um, was it last year or the year before we drew year. with them? Three, yeah, three. and and it just turned into a mad game, didn't it? It mm. was one of those, and you, you get the impression it can be a mad game when you play against them. And the way we're playing at the moment, we're just ripe for mad games. So that, that's why I feel a little bit concerned about it, shall we say. Can we just get the first goal? That's the, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Get the first goal and then go from there. That would be nice. Don't turn up there thinking, ah, oh, we're going to blow you away. Look at all these massive gaps for you to get on a high and start getting all loud. And, you know, just don't be doing that. Be a bit more pragmatic. Go there. Yeah. Settle everything down. Get the first goal and then try to have a comfortable afternoon. You see, I don't see um, it going like that. I think it was the Villa game uh, on commentary. They said about like when we've scored first, I think we've won every game. So that's the the, the difference. It's like you know we've conceded first in so <laughs> many of them, games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like <laughs> no, I think it's like six or seven where we've scored first, and I think we've won them all. Uh, could be wrong, but that, I'm sure they said that on commentary. But we've in all of the other games we've conceded first. So that's the importance of it. It's like we are good front runners, but we just have to do. We're having to chase too much because we just keep giving away stupid goals. Even like the first yeah. half against Villa, when I thought we played really well, Villa had like at least three really good chances. Even though we yep. dominated that half, we had most of the ball. We were playing well. They still had like three really good chances, and that's the concern. Is like it doesn't take much to create a chance against us. And again, I'm not putting that on the back four as such. It's just the collective, the team as a whole, defensively. We just give up chances. And I did hope that that would get fixed over over the break, but the early signs are not great. Yeah, if you ask me what's more likely, four, that we win 4-3 or we win 1-0, I think 4-3 is more yeah. likely, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, looking, at that, looking at that side and look, looking at Brentford and how much how many problems they can cause and they, they will make it a little bit chaotic. Yeah, I think if I had to put my money on either 4-3 or 1-0, it was a bit worrying. It's not 1-0, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I just, this is where I just think I would like us to just do something a bit different, though. I know we've argued about this over the years, haven't we, Stu? But just do something yeah, a bit a different. Bit, yeah. We know what they're going to do, so why don't we just turn up there and just, just flip the table a bit and be like, no, we're going to sit in and we're going to quieten you down and yous are going to be just really confused, like... Hang on, this is not what Liverpool do. What's going on here? And then we're gonna go for you. We've got after... the tools to just counter yeah, sit in just and counter attack with Darwin and Mo, haven't we? I'm not saying like turn into Gerard is Liverpool, you know what I mean? But just just be a bit more I don't know, a bit more savvy. That's what I I'd love to see that, you know. I would love to see it. Now I love it with the way we're from foot and that that's the way I like to play football, but you've also got to be realistic about how things are going and the personnel you've got and all the different factors that you have to take into account. Just do that. Go there and just shut everything down, quieten it down, and then go for them after a certain amount of time. So I agree with quieting it down. I think Brentford's probably not... For me, Brentford's not the game where you want to be... You want to keep them in their half as much as you possibly can, for me. But I do. I know what you mean about... I would say it doesn't need to be 100-mile-an-hour football. So for the first 15 minutes... I think obviously you still come at it with the idea we're going to press, we're going to press, we're going to try and keep them in their half. Maybe when we've got the ball, maybe we just keep it a bit. We're not too bothered about. We don't need to give it away. Almost like the old European away thing: just quiet them down, pass it around, centre halves, keeper, make them come and make them come out of their half and try and get it off us. Make them come and press us if they're going to come and try and press us. And then maybe we do go a bit more direct. 
if that's what they want to do. Um, but we'll, yeah. I don't know, we'll see if that happens or not. I think it'll, money's on the first 15, 20 being bonkers again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So are we going to concede first or not? I'm going to say, yeah, we are. I'm probably inside <laughs> the first 15. I mean, that's a safe bet, isn't it? Mm. That is it. I mean, what what odds is Ivan Tony giving you there for that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we will. Let's just say we will. I don't even think we need to debate her. We will <sighs> concede first. So I mean, it's against them. I feel like conceding first is tricky. I think they're a they're a really well coached side, aren't they? They're a proper. They can counter attack a, as well. well they're a clever side, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, that, that game they won at City was not a fluke. They fully deserved that. The game plan was just perfect. And like so dangerous on the break. I mean, they had other chances as well as the ones they scored. So they are dangerous. But I do think you take Ivan Tony out and it makes a massive difference. He's like he's so important to them. Yeah. I think he's brilliant. I, I, really, I think he's really, a boss really, player. really like him. Yeah, I think I he's agree. quality. I can't understand him not going to the World Cup. And they took, was it Callum Wilson instead of him? It yeah. just seems mad to me. Well, did they yeah, know about the, the betting thing? Is that why? Yeah, probably, yeah. But you need a goal and you've got Trent and Ivan Tony I, I, I on just hope like, that, there you go. I just hope Ivan Tony knew that was coming and he was able to get a few quid on, on Callum Wilson making <laughs> the World Cup squad. <laughs> Hopefully, like he was given enough notice that he was able to, to get that on the bookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he needs a few, Bob, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, are we done then? Anything else? I think that's us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll be back after Brentford. So, uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon. Well, the best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this, was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.